Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Happy New Year, everybody. It's exciting to be here on this 2018 Sunday morning. Um, I know that you're as excited uh, as I am of a new year, a new start for a lot of us in this room. Um, A lot of you uh, over the last few weeks, you've said, all right, Um, especially the week between Christmas and New Year's Day, um, you begin to look back and you said, oh, wait a minute. We, we had financial goals that we were supposed to make. And what did we do? We didn't do that this year. Okay, this year, 2018, we have to, have to, have to. Some of you said, you know what? Gosh, we, we said as a family we were going to, you know, not, we weren't going to pick the phones up at dinner time, and we were going to have a more conversation and we were going to get the kids connected. And oh my gosh, this year, 2017, was so much crazier. And so 2018, we've got to slow down. We've got to make sure that we get connected. A lot of us began reflecting that week between Christmas and New Year's, and we started making goals for 2018. And I thank Pastor Aaron for doing a great job last week talking about a lot of those goals. Um, But the truth is, is let's be honest in this room, how many of you were seven days into the new year? How many of you have already broken one of your resolutions for the year? You guys are a lot more honest than the first crowd. I called them all liars. It was bad. It was, you know, catastrophe and everything else. But here's the truth. It, It is so true. Setting goals are really easy. Finishing goals is a lot harder. And if I could really speak into the minds of a lot of leaders and families, um, I don't think a lot of us intend to fail. I think a lot of us go into the new year wanting to succeed. But if I'm honest about my life, I set some goals for the new year and half-heartedly I go in believing I can accomplish them. There are some goals that I absolutely desire and I want to win at. There are some goals that I look at and go, this is what I want, but I know me. And I just don't know if I have what it takes to finish. Um, Well, if that's you, then we're going to take a look at a great story. And we're going to see what God has to say about finishing. And we're going to prayerfully see how we can really tap in to what God's doing. And we truly can finish strong in a 2018 year. I begin the message um, with a story from Malawi, Africa. And um, in Malawi, Africa, shoes matter. And I had some basketball shoes here. And um, in fact, if you own a pair of shoes, in Malawi, Africa is one of the places where it is not common to wear shoes because shoes are a commodity. Shoes are very expensive. They tell a lot about an individual's life. And you have to have resources to have shoes. So you can see many of the men and many of the kids and women walking around the streets of Malawi um, barefoot because a lot of them don't have enough resources to actually afford a pair of shoes. And so Wheaton College, um, they had a, an individual in their basketball team, their coaching staff that knew uh, someone that was coaching a Malawi basketball team. And so they decided to set up a goodwill game to bring Wheaton College all the way to Malawi, Africa, and to set up a scrimmage between the Malawi team and the Wheaton College team to just be great for the community. So the Wheaton College team travels all the way over to Africa. They go in and one of the first things that happens, they walk into the gym on a, on a practice day and they see two Malawi, I don't know how to say it, Malawians, um, practicing basketball one-on-one. And as the kids were watching, they noticed that as the Malawians were walking, going back and forth on the court, they, they were kind of doing this. And so then they, they scanned down from the top down to their feet, and they noticed something very strange. Both individuals were only wearing one basketball shoe. 
So they began to sit there and watch and they're thinking to themselves, I mean, why are you wearing one shoe? Why not take both shoes off? I mean, you're, 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 you're hobbling around the court. This is not good for basketball. And they're snickering and they're kind of chuckling a little bit. And so finally the coach of the Wheaton team goes to their contact on the Malawian team and says, why is that? And he goes, you have to understand something. He said, remember, shoes are very valuable. It says something about an individual. It says that if you wear shoes, that you have importance, that you've got resources, that you've been successful. So to wear shoes is very, very, very important in Malawi. Well, one of the players has a pair of gym shoes. When he showed up to scrimmage the other player, he didn't have any shoes. And so in order to allow the other player to feel value, he took off one of his shoes and gave one of his shoes to the other players so that they both would have status and importance in your eyes. Shoes matter. In fact, shoes matter to us. They tell a lot about us. In fact, if I was to go to your closet, some of you have a lot of shoes. Some husbands right now are saying, amen. That's the message. But I could tell a lot about an individual by their shoes. If you work outside, for instance, if you're in construction or if your job is primarily working outside, your shoes will kind of tell us that. You'll have a lot of boots and a lot of working shoes. If you are inside in a business professional, you have a lot of business shoes and formal shoes. Um, if you're an athlete, you've got a lot of gym shoes, a lot of different things like that. And so shoes tell a lot about a person. And in this story that I'm about to tell you from the Bible, Jesus is going to have a conversation with someone and it's going to center around their shoes. And so we're going to talk a lot about how our shoes have to do with a brand new year and finishing strong. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And if you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. We're going to go on the screen here. Or if you have the Version Bible app, if you go to the App Store and just download Bible, that's the Version Bible app. And in there, you also have the notes that we provide every single week. We'd love for you to be able to do that so that way you don't have to pay attention and write, but you can stay along with the message as well. Um, so whatever you got, iPads, iPhones, follow along. We're going to begin in Matthew 4, 18. Let me set the stage for you. It centers around a Sea of Galilee. It's actually a lake, um, but they call it Sea of Galilee. And so the Sea of Galilee, in fact, right now in Israel, it looks a lot the same as it did thousands of years ago. It's very untouched around the shores. Um, There are some places that are built up, but a lot of places that aren't. And so there's a guy by the name of Peter, and he's fishing with his brother, and they're down at the seashore, and they're fixing their nets up and kind of putting their nets away. And all of a sudden, Jesus is going to come, and he's going to have a conversation that is going to change the course of their life. And a context I want you to bring it to is, is Jesus came to them and offered them a brand new year. Today, here in this place, um, some of you are Christians, you've been Christians a long time, and you know how God speaks. God speaks through his word, God speaks through messages. And so today, I really believe in my heart, Jesus wants to speak to a lot of you in the balcony on the floor or watching online, and he wants to really relate this to your year and how you can have an incredible year. So with that said, Simon Peter, down by the shore, here comes Jesus, here we go. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and his brother Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Pause right there. So, just to give you an idea, here you've got fishermen, and they're wearing fisherman shoes. They're getting wet. They're getting nasty. Their feet probably stink. It's probably nasty in that water. I've been there. The water sometimes not so good. So, they're there, and they fish for a living. Their family depends on it. Their friends depend on it. That community revolves around fishing. So, if you had a job, it probably was fishing. And here is Simon Peter doing what most of them do, providing for his family food, finances, everything for his family. And here comes Jesus. Continuing on. Jesus called out to them, come. Follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once, and they followed 
him. Now, many of you have seen that passage of scripture, read that passage of scripture, and you said, yep, this is where, you know, he called Peter and Peter went ahead and said, okay, God, I'm here. Let's go. Um, But we glance over that because the truth is it wasn't just Jesus saying, hey, Peter, I got a really cool thing that I want you to do with me. Why don't you come with me? It was far greater than that. Jesus went to Peter and said, Peter, 2018, not really, and I want you to change your life. Peter, I've got a plan and you're a part of it and I want you to change your whole world. It was far greater because Peter was going to have to drop his nets. He was going to drop his profession, everything that he knew that he was comfortable with. Some of you have been in the same job for 20 years. It's as if someone comes to you and says, hey, today I want you to stop what you're doing and I want you to do something completely different. You and I know what you do. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's think about, whoa, pause. I, you know, I, don't, I don't have those kind of shoes. In essence, what Jesus was doing was basically saying to Peter, Peter, you've worn your fisherman's shoes your whole life. I want you to change your shoes. I want you to take your shoes off and I don't want you to go back because I'm gonna change the way you live your life. And so for a lot of us in this room in 2018, Jesus is coming and saying, I want you to make a change. And I know what you're thinking because a lot of you have a hard time finishing because it means stopping what you're currently doing. For some of us, we want to eat healthier. Well, that means I have to stop eating Snickers bars and Reese's peanut butter cups. They're amazing, by the way. The little Christmas trees and the Easter eggs are coming up. They're amazing, incredible, isn't that? But yes, it's hard to stop. And I think some of us, we, we, we have these aspirations. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do this. And we want to do all of it. But then we forget in order to accomplish it, we have to stop something else. Write this down. Stopping is one of the biggest obstacles to finishing. Stopping is one of the biggest obstacles to finishing strong. And we overlook it many times. Let me illustrate this another way. Yesterday, my son started basketball season. And he had his first game. And so there we are, and I am the assistant coach. Let me kind of define what an assistant coach is. I played basketball just a little bit when I was really little. I have no idea most of the game. My job is to go there and to look at the head coach and say, what do you need? How can I help? That's my job. And I'm on the sidelines, and I've been known at times to be competitive. So we're there on the sidelines. And one of the things, obviously, that every, you know, every dad, you, you want to make sure that I don't want to be so competitive. These are little kids. You know, I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's an hour and a half. They're having a great time. They're competing. Let's remember what's most important. And so you want to be a dad that doesn't get too competitive on the sidelines. And that's, you know, that's a resolution. That's a goal for me. So here I am on the sidelines, and I'm watching the kids go back and forth, back and forth. And while our team, if you don't know much about basketball, here's the deal. When our team is on, on um on offense, no defense. When our team is on defense, they have their offensive team and they're trying to score a basket. And there is a place on the court that you are not allowed to stand in if you're on offense. And if you stand in that place, it's cheating and you'll get called for it. And it'll be a foul. It's called the three second rule. You're not allowed to be in this place for longer than three seconds because it's an advantage for the other team. So I'm standing on the sideline and I'm watching. Remember first game, this is a learning educational experience for kids. So I'm standing there and I'm watching the other team and our kids are doing a great job. They're godly kids and they wouldn't dare cheat and stand in the three second zone. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And that other team, I don't know who's coaching them or what they're doing. They're probably, you know, Satan and everything else like that, but their, their, their coach is teaching them. And all of a sudden, 
and I'm watching a kid and he runs down the court and he stands right in the middle of the area that you're not supposed to be. And he stands there. And so every time they shoot the ball, of course, he's right there. He gets the rebound or he gets the pass and he goes up and scores. And we're looking and so I'm biting my tongue because I'm saying, I was cheating right there. And the coach isn't even changing. He's right there. He could call it out. I mean, he sees it. I see it. And I look at the head coach and he goes, hey, Tara, it's just a lot of fun. I'm like, yeah, but they're cheating, you know, and this and that. And our kids, you know, they're losing. And so I am standing there and I'm like, I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm not going to say anything. And they go back and forth. And every time he's going down there. And finally, it's almost like they're planning. Yeah, throw to the kid in the illegal area. Yeah, that it's great. So finally, I look at the referee and I go, Hey, ref, three seconds over there. Let's go now. Come on now. The referee looks back at me. I think he said something like, really? Um, So we have a lot of conversation, and the ref said that he was going to look at it. And I'm sitting there the whole morning. I'm like, did I really just do that? I mean, it's kids, and I, yes, I did. Oh, it's so hard to stop my competitiveness. So hard to stop. It's so hard to stop. It's hard to stop. It's hard when you want to reach a goal. It's hard to stop. And Jesus is going to have something to say about this and really, really remind us of how we can stop. Now, the good news is I did stop it because when that kid was running down the court, I stuck my foot out and tripped him and that was it. Anyway, continuing on. Here the kids are. There are here the kids. Here's Jesus and here's Simon. I want you to see Simon Peter's response. And they left their nets at once and they followed him. Here's the point. The point is, is that we can stop. If you're sitting there saying, I don't think I can accomplish my goal. I don't think I can stop. That's a lie. If it's healthy and if it's something God would want, and if you're on the other side saying, I don't think I can stop, that's a lie from Satan. And you just need to call it out. I don't get super spiritual in here, but I want to tell you, there is an enemy and he seeks to steal. He seeks to destroy. He seeks to sow seeds of doubt in your mind. And the minute you say, God, I don't think I can, that's a lie. And you got to call it out for what it is. There's a guy um, that I'm going to introduce now, and I'm going to jump stories here. There's a guy by the name of Moses. And he, of all people in the Bible, was a guy like you and I, where he's saying, I don't think I can, I don't think I can, I don't think I can, I don't think I can. Um, You see, the guy's name is Moses. And Moses, I'll give you a backstory if you haven't read the Bible. Moses, he lives in Egypt. He is an adoptive son of Pharaoh. I won't get into the whole story, but he's got a brother. He kills an Egyptian guard and he has to flee the country for his life. And he ends up just being a shepherd in the wilderness. And he's there and God decides all of a sudden to say, hey, your time, I need you and I want you and I'm going to do something through you. And so I want you to make a change. I want you to change your shoes and I want you to make a difference. I've got a goal for you to accomplish and you can do this. So I want you to see really quickly because when God is a part of a goal, he has something that you and I need to remember at all times. And don't miss this. Take a look at this. This is God speaking to Moses. Moses, stop. Wow, that was impressive. You didn't know I was a Jedi, did you? You will watch the screen. Here we go. Do not come any closer. The Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. Now I want you to pause and I want you to pay really close attention. If you like to sleep, you can sleep right after this, but don't miss this. If God's in a goal and if it's healthy for you and I, then God wants all of us to remember this is not a goal that you desire, Terry. This is a goal that I desire in you. This is not about you, Terry. This is about me. 
That's not your body. That's my body. That's not your family. That's my family. They are on loan to you. Everything good comes from me. Those aren't your resources. Those are my resources. And I've blessed you with them. And so if I've given you a goal in your heart, these are not Terry's goals for 2018. They are mine. And so Terry, in order to remember that, I need you to pause for a second and I need you to take off your sandals. And I apologize if you don't like feet. But I need you to remember that you are standing on holy ground. And you need to pause for a second here and all of us need to remember something. When God gives you a goal, they're not your goals, they're God's goals. And he tells Moses, Moses, what I'm about to tell you is my goal and what I'm about to tell you, it's holy. And I want you to take your sandals off because I want you to remember that I'm in this. And so this morning as I took them off, it was cold in here and I was in the middle of talking. I'm like, it is cold, my feet are freezing. And in that message I stopped and I said, God, you're trying to get my attention. This isn't just a message. This is about what you're really trying to do. So for some of you, this might be your moment. Many of you have goals, but you forget they're not yours. They're God's. And so he says to Moses, I'm in this. This is my goal, so I'll pay really close attention. Here's what he says. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you back to Egypt, the place you know where you murdered someone, and you're probably going to get thrown into jail, probably going to be executed. All the people, they despise you. Yeah, I'm sending you, Moses, to that impossible place, and I want you to go because you must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. And let me, let me, for those of you who don't know the Bible, let me kind of translate. Terry, there's a goal in 2018 that is a dream of a goal. It's a God-sized goal. It's impossible in your eyes. But I want you to go to a place where you in your mind cannot fathom going. You can't believe it could be true. But I'm sending you there and it's going to be incredible. If you're taking notes, write this down. Starting will feel impossible at times. Starting will feel impossible at times. Let me illustrate this another way. I remember um, years ago, it had to be 25, 30 years ago, I was with a couple of guys at, at, a, at church and I was just a brand new Christian, just a, a few years old. And um, one of the things that a lot of people would do, and some of you know how this feels, is if you're in a room full of people or different things like that, they would say, you know, hey, um, Joe, would you pray? Now, some of you, if I called on you to pray right now, you would just like sink in the pew and say, dear Lord, don't you dare call on me to pray out loud. Because nervousness, fear of people, fear of talking out loud. It just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, I had never prayed in front of other people. Never. And all of a sudden we were standing in church and I was with a couple of buddies and all of a sudden someone came and said, hey, um, and I can't remember the person's name, but basically they had just gone to the hospital. It was very serious. And so they said, hey, can you guys just make sure you pray for them? So buddy that was with me goes, you know what? We should stop right now and we should pray. So right away, my, my level of anxiousness rose a little bit because I'm, I'm okay, it's just three of us. Who's praying? I, you know, because I, I don't know. And, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, he's more spiritual than me and it's more spiritual. They, one of those two will pray. I got, a, I got a 33% chance of getting out of this. And all of a sudden, it was a nightmare to me. One of the guys said, well, why don't we all take turns praying? I started sweating. And I'm thinking, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm a moron. I, I don't know much about the Bible. I, I'm, you know, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And so all of a sudden we get in a circle. And, and so they're like, who wants to go first? And I go, you go first. And it's like, well, who goes second? You go second. Because I figure, well, I can copy one of their prayers. And then I got at least a few material in order to pray. 
So they go ahead and they one person prays and, it's, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh my Lord, this is just an amazing prayer and I can never do something like that. And this next person prays and oh my gosh, they're so much more spiritual. I wouldn't even thought of that. And then it goes silent and it's my turn to pray. And part of me feels like, well, maybe someone will just close it and I don't have to say anything. And in that moment, I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what I prayed, but I prayed. And I remember thinking, this is the worst experience in my life. And a buddy of mine pulled me aside afterwards that was in that circle. And he said, hey, he said, thanks for praying. And he goes, have you done that often? He could obviously tell I was really nervous. I go, no, I don't think I've ever prayed. And so I'll never forget what he said. He said, he said, that was an incredible heartfelt prayer. And he goes, he said this, he said, I I know that was your first time, but I, I just want to tell you, I think God has a plan. And I think you'll do a lot more praying like that. And I remember thinking, no way, Jose ain't going to do it. But lo and behold, I'm a pastor now for over 20 years. And how God would know in that moment to allow that. You see, at that moment, it seemed impossible for me to ever imagine that I could do something like that. But God has God-sized dreams for all of us. And at the times, they will feel impossible. So here's Moses And he's standing there and he says, I want you to go to a land that there's no way that you can go to. And I want you to lead a people and you're not a really good leader. And Moses does what you and I do. Ain't going to happen. In fact, if you read the Bible before, I just want you to know, some of you people in here who think that biblical characters, biblical people are so much more spiritual than you and I, and God did something with them because there's something special about them. Let me introduce you to Moses because here's God speaking aloud. It's as if God came in here and said, hey, guys, it's God. I want to talk to you. That'd be pretty amazing. And I think all of us would say, okay, that's weird. We need to listen. God is speaking to Moses and I want you to see what Moses does. And I want you to count. It's really easy. Every time I say something, I want you to count. Ready? Here we go. First, Moses protests and says to God, who am I to prepare before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people Israel out of Egypt? One time he says, I can't do it, God. Continuing on, oh, he doubles down. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they'll ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? So God, I can't do it. Two times. Let's go again. Three times. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Three times. Let's go one more. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not good with words. I've never been. I don't, not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. Four times. You think it stops there? No, let's go one more time. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. Moses, the guy God chose, looks into the face of God and five times says, I can't do it. 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 If you are in here and you make excuses by saying, well, I'm not like Moses and I can't do this and that, God doesn't choose perfect people. He chooses broken people for his perfect plan. And if you're in here and you, all of us are broken people and God can do incredible things with broken people who open their hearts and say, God, I say yes. You can do it. And Moses finally looks at God and says, okay, after five times, I'll go. But what did God have to do if you know the Bible? He had to send Aaron, his brother, to go with him in order to accomplish it. But here's God saying, I don't care how big it looks. I'm with you. You're on holy ground. This isn't your plan. This is my plan. And I'm with you. Some of you need to remember that today, that it's not your desire or your plan. It's God's. Going back to Jesus, here he is on the shore and Jesus looks at these individuals and here's what Jesus, I want to remind you what Jesus said. Jesus said this, come 
And he said, follow me. He didn't say, Peter, you need to go be a fisherman. He didn't say, Peter, you're going to be a disciple and you need to go figure it out. He said, Peter, I got a God-sized goal. I want you to change your shoes. And I want you to follow me because I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know. And so in essence, for your goals this year, if God's in it, God's not going to say, do it, do it, do it. Way to go. I'm going to watch from back here. God is saying, do it, do it, do it, and I will walk with you. In essence, what God is really saying is, Terry, not only is it my goal, but I'm going to go ahead and you go ahead and put my shoes on because I'm going to walk with you. You don't think you can do it, but I'm going to be with you. God said to Moses, here's my staff. It's the staff of God. You take this with you, and it represents me being with you. You are not alone. You can accomplish. You can finish. I'm with you. So wear my shoes. If you're taking notes, remember this. God never starts what he doesn't intend to finish. That if it's a God-sized goal for you, he doesn't start something in you that he doesn't intend to finish, and he won't give up on you. But many of us, we struggle. And so I want to challenge you. When the moment comes where doubt creeps in, when the moment comes where the desire for comfort is greater than the need to get better, when the moment comes where the excuses for change outweigh the alarm of contentment, that is when we need to fight against the desire to put our old shoes back on. And we need to wear his. Some of you are going to go out charged up today. I'm going to do this. And next week you're going to try to slip back into your old habits. That's when you need to say, it's not my goal, it's God's. It's not my body, it's God's. It's not my resources, it's God's. It's not my family, it's God's. And if it's God's, he's with me. I've got his shoes. I can do it. I can accomplish it. Let me close with this. I think the reason why a lot of us And this is just opening. The next three weeks, we're going to talk a lot practically of how we can finish our goals. But I think a lot of us fail in our goals because we just don't believe in ourselves. And we don't believe we can do it. We either think we have to be perfect. We either think we can't make mistakes. God never expects any of us to be perfect. He never expects us to be perfect. Some of you, you want to start reading scripture and you want to get really close to God this year and you want to really start studying the Bible. And what you're going to do is you're going to start a habit in this week and you're going to start reading and you're going to miss a morning or you're going to miss an evening and then you're going to miss another day and then you're going to do some of the same things you've been doing and then you're going to give up. God is not surprised when you fall. But God doesn't want you to stay fallen. He wants you to keep his shoes on and pick yourself up and say, I can do this. And so some of you need to remember, it's not about being perfect. Last thing I will tell you. I don't, and some of you are, you might not agree with me on this, but I, I'm pretty sure that I think it's true. I don't think God expects us to wear his shoes all the time. You see, we're not perfect. I'm not Jesus. I always say this, he is God and I'm not. So I'm going to mess up. God never intends us to pick his shoes up and to wear them all the time. You see, the truth is, I think God will have us wear his shoes to get us over really difficult times. And then after a time where all of a sudden we start, we form a habit, we're finishing, we're in a rhythm, our family is stronger, our resources are stronger. When we get to that point, I think God looks into us and says, Terry, you got this. 
And the greatest thing for us to remember is we should never wear his shoes all the time. The greatest thing that can happen is when you take his shoes off, you put your shoes back on. However, it's not the same. When our shoes become his shoes, we can and we will finish. You see, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has given you incredible gifts and talents that you cannot imagine, but you don't believe in yourself. And you don't think, I can't do it, God, I can't do it. And God says, I've given you all you need. Now pick up your shoes, wear them proudly, walk forward. You can do this because I've given you all that you need to continue and finish. So dads, is this going to be the year that you step up, that you stop making excuses and you start spending time with him so that you can better lead your family? Moms, are you going to stop worrying And are you going to replace your anxieties with his peace that he promises to give if you just trust him? When you do that, you put your shoes back on and you say, God, I got this because you are there. Everybody starts. Not everybody finishes. But I pray this year you would finish because you've got him and he's got you. Let's pray. God, I know that there are a lot of hearts that are hurting right now because they want, everything in them wants to be better. They want a better 2018. They want a better life. They want a better marriage. They want a better family. They want to do the things that will allow you to do incredible things. But God, they're doubting. I doubt. God, may I never forget that these are your desires. These are your goals. So God, may I resist the old and may I receive the new. May you walk before us and may we finish an incredible year because of what you can do in and through our lives. So Father, we bless you today and may we be inspired to change our shoes in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.